Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hi there, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. I'm your host, James Gill, and I'm thrilled to introduce another show this week. Uh, This is one of our final episodes of the season, season three, and what a season it's been. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Francois Burat, who is working in the world of digital sustainability, which is a topic I know we've been chatting about quite a lot. Now, Francois is a product lead and UX consultant, a mentor, and a speaker with 12 years of experience working with startups and agencies in Canada and the US. He's based in Montreal, and after taking almost a full year off and following climate courses, Francois pivoted his career to fight the climate crisis and is now helping digital companies and product teams take advantage of the net zero opportunity and to reduce their digital emissions. Francois, it's such an honor to be chatting with you today. This is a hugely important topic for us at EcoSend and for many of our listeners. So can't wait to unpack it with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for the invitation for speaking today with you. And, uh, and hopefully we're going to have fun today. Yeah, absolutely, Francois. Yeah, it's, it's great to be chatting. So yeah, so Francois, maybe in your own words, like, what are you up to? And, and tell me more about this, because for many people, hopefully many people listening to the podcast are going to be aware of, of digital sustainability and digital emissions. But I would also wager that probably quite a few people are not aware of this. They think of the car they drive or other industries as being polluting, but Digital is polluting too. Tell, tell us all about this. Yeah, basically, like uh, in 2021, a, a report came out saying that the digital digital emissions repre- represented about 3.8 percent of uh, all greenhouse gases emission globally. Uh, so, that's a lot, isn't it? So that that's quite a lot. It's kind of if to to compare it with um, other industries, it's 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 almost twice the equivalent of the aviation industry, which we in our mind is like way way more being more discussed and uh, you know is polar polarizing more the society but yeah. it's the equivalent as well another benchmark would be the the road freight yeah. uh, road transportation is about the same as the um, as the uh, digital emission emissions coming from digital or internet overall it's projected in 2040 to be to go from like this let's say between three three to five percent to 14 percent uh, in 2040 Whoa. and and most of this growth is due to you know the option of AI and the big, you know, boom that AI is, uh, is, is getting at the moment for, you know, oh. very good reasons. Also some other uh, that we can dive into more after. Yeah. Less good, let's say, but 
But yeah, so it's a big, big, big topic. And, and uh, when we think about digital, we think about the cloud. So, you know, it's all up in the air, but yeah, I mean, it's actually up in the air. Like if we think about, the, you know, carbon emissions or greenhouse gases, yeah. but it's, it has a real physical material impact. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of divided in two, like maybe like 60% or 57% to be more specific is about everything that relates to the production, the manufacturing or everything that powers internet. So like the manufacturing of our devices, the infrastructure. Yeah. So think about submarine cables, but also okay. the data centers that, you know, is usually the one thing that we think about the most. So all those yeah. physical assets or devices are about 57% and the rest, which is like related to the, our usage operation, like charging our computer, powering our data centers and so on, account for about 50, 43%. So that's yeah. kind of very material impact that we can, that we need to, that we need to approach and understand to, to really start thinking about how we can, how our job and our life impact, um, you know, ha having uh, impact the society. That is, that is incredible to hear. Uh, thank you for the explainer there, Francois. And I guess just to like reemphasize that, because I think some people tuning in might be like, wait a minute, say that again. So <laughs> digital <laughs> industry is is more polluting than the aviation industry and when you factor in the usage the devices and everything that is that is incredible isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and the manufacturing is usually something we we don't really account for but you know like everything that that comes with the manufacturing you know like mining extracting displacing communities like contaminating contaminating water and so yeah. on, you know, it's a, it's a big chunk of our emissions. So we really have to be mindful about, you know, not trying to ditch the newest is the best, you know, approach, yeah. because we, we, we cannot just buy, buy, buy and thinking about the implication of what, what comes with like, you know, producing, manufacturing those devices, you know, the latest iPhone, the latest computer, uh, we, we really have to be mindful about extending their lifespan as much as, as possible as individual, but also as companies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just incredible to think about it when we, you know, many of us working in a remote environment or working from home and, you know, we sort of think about maybe the, the travel component or working in a big office building that's clearly had a lot of energy going into it to build it and to run it. But actually the very computer we're sitting at and the very internet services we're using are also a massive factor to think about with our, our own carbon footprints and yeah, absolutely. Our own we, we're on the carrying our emissions, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we're displaying displacing them from the workplace to our home, and like there's plus and minus. Like there, you you, you reduce some emissions because you don't necessarily you know travel or like use your car to go to work or to public transportation. But there's other yeah. emissions that you can add up. Absolutely. So I, I think there were studies on the topic as well. I, I don't recall exactly the 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 insights or the outcomes of like the comparison between the working remote or at the office but there's always emissions it's a matter yeah. of like understanding what we can do and and where emissions come from in order to be able to, to reduce it yeah absolutely uh, yeah well thank you already for that incredibly helpful overview because i think for many people that's that's going to be a, already <laughs> Maybe closing their laptop or <laughs> turning off their, their phone and like, going to think about things a bit. But in terms of you then, Francois, so you're clearly passionate about this. What, what, do, you, what do you do at the moment to help people with this whole, whole issue then? Yeah, so basically, like, I'm just going to give you a bit of a backstory, but yeah. I was working for 
you know, digital studios and agencies and startup. And, and two years ago, after one of the startup I was working with got acquired for 64 million, I decided to take a year off and kind of pause my career and, and think about, you know, what was important for me to accomplish in this life or what impact I wanted to have, even if, if it's just, you know, I'm not going to change the world by myself, but it's, you know, yeah. trying to work according to my values. And I started to onboard to, to train on the, on the climate crisis and try to understand a bit more the topic and, and see where I could have an impact. And I ended up, because I was working as a UX designer and product manager in my past experiences, and because I cared about climate change, I just thought about how could I combine the two and try to raise awareness about this topic to my peers, you know, my colleague, former colleagues. And so that's how, how I came up to, and it didn't happen overnight, right? It was a, like over a few months or even a few years to kind of like ended up at that very simple conclusion. But then I decided to help organization that could be, you know, you know, startup, uh, big companies or governments to reduce their digital emissions. And I do it in three ways. I train uh, teams and I teach them about sustainable digital practices uh, so they can reduce their emissions. I measure the digital footprints of uh, digital products and, and, and services to help companies to understand where the emissions come from the most and where they can have more impact addressing them. Yeah. And lastly, I build low carbon experiences. So think about, you know, the experience, the digital experience that, that consume the least amount of CO2 possible. Right. Uh, so that's what, kind of what I do as a, as a consultant and I partner with amazing organization uh, that, that helps me to realize what I just, what I just explained. That's amazing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's sort of something you've you've got the skills from your previous experience to to have this impact and uh, this passion and and drive to make some impact. It's also exciting, and I think about this a lot with what we're doing with, with EcoSend, where like you as an individual or a, you know a team can have such an outsized impact when you change people's behavior. At, at a wider scale and, and, you know, when you can impact one website or one email or one web experience of some sort, then multiply that by how many people visit it or read it or experience it on a daily basis. And it's incredible how much impact you can have if you make just uh, even a handful of small changes. It's so cool. Absolutely. And, and just to piggyback on that, uh, part of the training that we gave with actually a British organization called Product for Net Zero, uh, one of our key uh, points and message is that the biggest impact we can have in our life is through our work, right? I mean, I am vegan, for instance, but uh, being vegan in my own little corner, you know, would not <laughs> have a major impact, you know? So like, like in order to amplify and demultiply my impact, I think it has to, it has to be through my, through our work, basically, uh, mm. because as you said, like if you, if you work for a company that have a million of visitors, you know, changing something in the way you build your product or develop it could have a tremendous yeah. impact. So that's, that's, that's way bigger than, than everything that you can do in your personal life. And it's not just a either or like ideally you do both, right? Yeah. But it's just a, a matter of like. Having, a, having an order of magnitude in, in order in terms of the impact you can have. And work is definitely a place where there's tons of opportunities to have an impact, but also that can help your business, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point too as well, that often these changes, they're not at the sacrifice of 
business success, they're they're actually helping with it too, which is which is pretty cool. And that yeah, maybe absolutely. maybe is a good segue onto something you're working on right now, which is I know a big project of yours that you've been putting a heck of a lot of energy and effort into, Francois. So you're you're working on a a white paper of some sort, is my understanding. So it'd be great to hear a bit more about this because. Uh, I well, I'm relatively uh, yeah. I have I uh, treat me like I know nothing about it because I I barely do know anything about it. So I'm I'm excited <laughs> to hear more. Yeah. So basically, like all came up with um, with a discussion I had with a friend of mine, and I came up strong in a discussion, being like, as a product for the context, there's tons of sources, like amazing resources as an engineer to to apply sustainable practices or climate best practices. Same for designers, your UI designers, UX designers, there's tons of like communities and, and best practices for that. But when it comes to product managers, there's, there's nothing or, or not a lot to be more fair. Right. I felt as a product manager, a bit frustrated that I, I knew my peers and, I, and part of my, the training programs that I followed as well, when I was doing my, my transition um, to work on the climate uh, crisis, uh, there, there were a lot of them that were product managers, product leads, senior PM and so on and so forth. But there were no tailored, you know, book for them to incorporate climate consideration into their job. And on top of it, product managers for, I don't know how familiar you are with it or how, whether your audience is familiar with the job, but basically like you're supposed to take the vision and, and materialize it into the execution. So really, really like have a role of influence and like your translator. Yeah. Uh, so there's this vertical influence, if we can say. But there's also, you, co you collaborate with all stakeholders, all departments. So you have this kind of more horizontal influence. Yeah. And because of that, I felt like this superpower that product manager have could really help, you know, to drive even more impact in, uh, in, the, in the company and, and, and affect emission in a more system substantial way than maybe other jobs could or equally as good. So I've, I felt like we needed a playbook for that. And part of the discussion I was having is like, we need that, I'm going to work on it. And I was with my partner, a collaborator, Antoine Cabot, who works with me on this project. And we were like, okay, let's do it. And so yeah. that was like probably four months ago, six months ago. Okay. Uh, basically what it is to make it super simple. Uh, I was giving you a, a bit of a backstory, but. We want to hear more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a playbook of 34 best practices that helps product managers to be more climate conscious, to apply nature positive best practices that, you know, not only reduce emissions, you know, CO2, greenhouse gases, but also are good for the biodiversity. Uh, and we wanted it in a way that it's super practical. You read it and you know exactly what are the steps to apply each of those best practices? What are the pitfalls that we will warn you about? What are the benefits and, you know, the, the tips that you can also leverage. And the, the goal is really for them to, you know, read it and put their Superman or Superwoman cap on <laughs> and just go back to the next day at their work and be able to apply <laughs> some of them and gradually because, yeah. you know, change would not happen overnight, but at least yeah. get an understanding of what they can do, be inspired and start to, to apply it within your job. And, and yeah, so that's really what it is. And what I find fantastic is that there's some of those best practices that you can do on your own. Like you don't need the oversight of your boss just to know exactly what, what you do. Like, like not all the jobs need you to have approval for, like for yeah. all the tasks that you do, all the projects yeah. you do yeah. needs like all the approval from your, you know, managers. Like there's some, uh, it's just best practices that help you in your job. So 
you just implement them because they help you. So there's tons of those best practices that people just can implement right away the next day. And some others that they would have to, you know, start like leveraging the, the influence and talk to other stakeholders and try to be convincing and so on and so forth. So there's a bit of those two type of practices that people can implement. And, and, I, and I'm really excited to, to see it out. It's supposed to be really by November 20th, but I don't yeah. want to overcommit to that date. <laughs> if it's a week after, uh, please don't be, just, don't be too mad. Just between you and me. Just between exactly. Just a friendly <laughs> private discussion. So yeah, but I'm really, really excited to bring this impact. Uh, hopefully it's going to be useful and, and this is the first version. So I'm sure like, you know, there will be tons of room for improvement over the next few years and, and months. It, it's, thank you for sharing that. It's, it's actually really fascinating to hear because on this podcast, we've, we've spoken to a few people in, in the world of digital sustainability and I don't think so far really spoken to anyone from a a product management background and perspective. We, we had, had some really good conversations with Palm and Marquetta from Whole Grain Digital, who are a digital agency. They work a lot on websites and, and building friendly, really planet-friendly websites and thinking about a lot of the attributes there. Also with Tim Frick from Mighty Bytes, who was writing a lot of the sort of documentation around the best practices for building good websites from an environmental perspective and i think there's there's it's just really exciting to see more and more people and more and more people really educating inspiring others and and raising awareness of this whole topic and i think what you're doing now with product management is really great because product managers do sit between many of those disciplines as you were saying you know there's they've got often got a seat at the more senior exact kind of table but they also influence what everyone's building and working yeah. on with developers, designers. And so I, I think that impact of a product manager is actually is incredibly exciting and, and empowering because there's the product itself, but there's also the inspiration a product manager can give to so many other people in the organization. And each, if each of them are there thinking about those same principles or making them spark ideas for how they can, can make things you know, lighter, more efficient, more effective, more, more impactful with less resources. Like, I just think that's such a, yeah, such a powerful position and, and of such great leverage. Yeah. I, I couldn't say it better <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> it's exactly that. Um, they have a great role of influence and, uh, and we need more EMs to champion their role in transitioning to, to a society that, that is more sustainable, let's say, and, and not only that, but the the benefits for businesses or organization mm. and their di digital product or services is, is really great you know like it's a case study or the case for for applying those, those best practices is really hyper compelling you know like you like by being more frugal by 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 being being more mindful about how you use technology and like you know 3d animations and like a big heavy multimedia components or removing script or unused feeder features and so on and so forth. You can drastically reduce your costs. You can improve your business performance because let's say if your product, you know, it's going to be lighter, faster, so it would convert better for your user. Yeah. And suddenly you have a better SEO. So, you know, like mm -hmm. your, your revenue will increase and because you store less data and you have less feature and, and, and less, you know, unused, unused components of your product, uh, you would also reduce your cloud bill. 
and probably your, your development will be streamlined because you will need less developer for the same amount of output of product built because it's less complex. There's less bugs and less QA to perform. Yeah. So there, and, and you can differentiate, differentiate yourself, you know, not only from your competitors, like the same way as you do. If I were to draw a parallel and maybe you're going to tell me it's not exactly that, but you know, <laughs> we have the MailChimp of this world, but now we have a new generation of MailChimp. <laughs> which is EcoSend, that is kind of the sustainable version of it, you know? Yeah. And suddenly, like, you can really gain some market traction because you're putting sustainable as the key focus. But also yeah. your employees probably would be happier because we know that the new generation really cares a lot about, you know, the climate crisis. They kind of were born, unfortunately, with this anxiety. So they want their job to reflect their values. And so yeah. your attraction of talent would be higher, but your retention of existing talent would yeah. be better. So there's tons of like product specific benefits, but also business opportunities that can really come from all the best practices that, that, that cause, you know, being a climate conscious product manager or sustainable or green product manager. Mm. So that's, that's really exciting. And sometimes people will not care about climate, you know, like if you think about your chief financial officer, you know, uh, maybe they just want to see the bottom line, you know, like how does it improve revenue? How does it reduce cost? And maybe you can just start with that. And yeah. maybe you're going to throw sustainable, maybe at the last part of the discussion, <laughs> just as a side note, you know, which is also totally fine. You have to adapt and cater your message to who you're talking to. But I think the business case is super strong and I hope that within the next few years and with more and more examples and case studies, we're going to be able to have specific, you know, numbers to showcase being like, you can reduce your cloud cost by 20%. You can, you know, improve your margin by X. And, you know, I think that would be, that would make this argument, you know, even more impactful and, and, and harder to refuse, you know, refute. Yeah. I mean, Francois, you just listed off about a... And what felt like a hundred reasons why, why people should be doing, d embracing these values and these practices. Why would you not do employ some of these practices in your own business? It, and it's just such a great situation where it can be win, win, win on, on all sides. And yeah, getting other people to buy into, you know, I, I know it can be a difficult one at the end of the day when people. People often, you know, a lot of people want to do the right thing on sustainability, but when it comes to, when push comes to shove, yeah, as you say, your CFO example or your developer who wants to get the job done and get, get home or whatever, it's like these things slip down. But when you bring it up again as, as like, yeah, it's not just about just sustainability, it's the other impacts of the business or to your, your daily life, then actually everyone's winning. No, and, and just another side of the equation, like, you know, you can uplift people and inspire them with like, you know, benefits and opportunities and, and a positive outlook of like the impact you can have, but also like, especially in Europe, because, you know, I'm based in, in Montreal and in Canada and the US, I see that this, there's a lot of awareness to, to, to be done, you know, to really put this topic on the map. But in Europe, I think probably the, this topic is like five years ahead and there's even some, you know, legal requirements, regulations, like laws oh. that are yeah. being implemented or like have been implemented for, yeah. for a few years already in the topic and EU regulations as well to measure your em digital emissions and report on them and so on. So like there's also a risk factor that if you start, if you don't start looking into it, maybe like yeah. GDPR, you know, a few years back, 
suddenly like yeah. he came from Europe and like everyone has to, you know, be in compliance with it. Maybe in the, in five years or hopefully less, uh, yeah. companies of all size would have to report in some way their digital emission and, full, and footprints. And, and for me, that yeah. would be great. But anyway, it's always like the, the carrot and the stick, right? Like better yeah. to, to uplift with the opportunities than make them feel like they're on the wrong, wrong side of the argument. Uh, yeah. But there's like those two sides that are, you know, uh, being, that are progressing well in the right direction. Yeah. It's just a matter of time before it reaches North America and, <laughs> and it become more widely adopted across the, the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That is, I feel already incredibly inspired by the chat today, Francois. The, the, the final section though, I know that you wanted to talk about was in very practical terms and, and without stealing too much from your wife, <laughs> what can product managers be doing to make some of these changes? And that's the delicate one to not give all of your secrets away, but any, any places you would start if you are talking to a product manager about, you know, when they come into the office tomorrow, what's, what's going to be on their agenda? What could they be doing to make some quick wins? Yeah. Well, f first and foremost, like the, there's nothing really to steal in the sense that the white paper or the playbook will be av available for free. So <laughs> it's just a matter of time before people can actually read, read through it all. But, sure, sure. but yeah, I think like in no specific order, but like for sure, like moving to a, a sustainable uh, hosting provider is definitely something that is great. Uh, mm -hmm. But normally because not in all cases, but normally it would, it, it would bring some cost reductions or like your bill would be, would be reduced. So that's usually something you can, you can start do to, to do. And it's fairly, fairly easy. Like, again, it depends on the context. So, so that's one, you can start to like, just talk about climate, you know, in your company, you can raise, you can organize talks, raise cool. awareness, like promote some trainings, like the one I'm doing, but there's a bunch of others that are available like yeah. in the North America and in Europe uh, and talk about it, engage with your value change and, 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 and clients and customers, because this is a topic that they probably also care about. And there's probably some ways you can, you can start, you know, to influence them and, 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 and try to all together reduce your emissions. But the first thing I would say is, you know, starting with measuring, like there's a great tools out there. There are some free tools for websites that are good for raising awareness, but maybe less mm. precise, but there's also professional solution, like the one I'm, I'm working with, uh, Frigger, uh, that really can help your business to measure the specific emissions, uh, digital emissions. And because you know, you, you can improve what you can measure, yeah. that would, you, you can really address the, the biggest emitters first, and then move on to the, um, start with the low hanging fruits and, and start and continue with maybe harder, harder things to, to improve on. Um, and I would say overall, like everything that, as I was alluding to earlier, everything that is either a news, whether it's data, um, old user accounts, features, scripts, uh, name it, you know, all of it that is kind of like the fat of your product that yeah. doesn't bring any value, let's say, um, you can remove it. Also optimize a multimedia file, as I said, like videos, uh, images, you know, compress them, adapt them to where the user is consuming that information. Only 3D and animation, like don't use them, is probably distracting mm -hmm. users anyway and doesn't drive any business results in most cases. Okay. So, you know, probably be mindful about how you use them because that could just, you know, all your, you know, budget, your carbon budget, let's say on, on your website or your, on your experience and just reduce the complexity of your pages and interface because the more, you know, the more your, your experience is heavy, bloated, the more it consumes energy and energy is a proxy for emissions, right? Yeah, and we know that 80% of the world's energy is being produced by fossil fuel energy. 
So like it's really a factor of like reincarnation by the amount of data that is being transferred uh, yeah. and the energy that is being consumed by your product. So those are a few things that I would say are, are important, but I would say start measuring it and start taking the actions to reduce it, experiment, and don't, don't fall into the pattern of like only looking at, like, don't, like look at the trends rather than like being 100% accurate on every aspect to it. Because yeah. you want to see the, the 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 curve or the graph trending in a, in a positive way with the with your emission being reduced uh, yeah. rather than yeah. than trying to reach hundred percent of accuracy before lifting your finger. Oh, um, sure. So that yeah. that would be some yeah. stuff I would say. Uh, and maybe the last the last thing uh, because I don't want to give too much of a teaser. And then, uh, but I think it's super important. Is so like everything that pertains to the emissions of, of devices of like all intangible assets, like data centers, servers, and, 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 and your computers and, and, and phone and so on. I would say like as a product managers, it's super important to, to make sure that you are being inclusive and you support all the operating systems and all devices, because the least, uh, the last huge, thing you yeah. want to do is to force people to upgrade their phone and buy the newest phone to be able to just use your product. And, and, and because, you know, what we said at the beginning, 57% of the emissions come from, you know, manufacturing uh, overall, like it's super important that we are, we are not like forcing users to, to, to buy more devices because it has a huge toll on the environment. And, and so that's, that's something that usually you can easily squeeze it in into your definition of done, like, is it accessible on like all devices? You know, you can, you can, you, you, you can decide whether you want to roll back two years before five years or 10 years, but you know, lean towards like more than like all device, uh, rather than just only supporting the newest one. And, and those are like few examples of stuff you can do, not are equally easy or have the, exactly the same impact, but. Those are just a few things that you can start, you know, engaging, start applying or engaging with your stakeholders to, to see how you can reduce your, your, your footprint. That's, I see all of those are such powerful suggestions, Francois. I think, you know, when you think about anyone employing even one or two of those, the kind of impact they could have, you know, I, I know people that have got older phones that have opened up an app they use every day and suddenly the app doesn't work for them on their device anymore. And what do you do? You gotta probably gotta go out and buy a new phone that you don't really need or want. And, uh, and what happens to the old one? Well, yeah, no, I like the, the kind of impact that people can have. And I, I, if I could be as bold as suggest one more suggestion, and it relates to your first, one of your first around chatting about, about this, probably they could come and listen to this podcast itself then Francois to hear you talk about this. Cause I would say to any product manager who's getting interested in this space, this your your what you've said here today is just I'm going to share this with anyone. Next time I meet a product manager, I'm going to share this episode with them because <laughs> your your words are so inspiring on this topic, and it, it's so to me at least from what you've been saying, there's there's almost no reason not to be adopting some of these principles because everyone wins, and that's truly exciting. Thank you so Fra much, James. Yeah, Francois, thank you. Honestly, thank you for being on the show. The half hour has flown by. <laughs> so I just want to make sure we wrap up and say that you can, people can find you on, on LinkedIn, right? Francois, we'll put your link in the, in the notes. And also the, 
the playbook, the white paper, which is coming very soon, or maybe if you're listening to this, it might already be available. Your that's on climateproductleaders.myflowdesk.com right now, and um, and we'll be we'll be linking to that in the show notes too. So, thank you, Francois. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, thank you so much, James, for the the opportunity to 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 spread awareness on this topic, uh, and hopefully. Uh, if one person, you know, have uh, get some insight and value from this uh, from this discussion, I'd be uh, absolutely de- delighted. And and if people want to dive deeper into the the, the playbook, um, it's free. It's going to be available in mid November, and I'd be happy to uh, chat with anyone who is getting value from it or have questions uh, because I'm really doing it to have an impact, and and hopefully it's going to hold a promise. <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much, Francois. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, James. And, and thank you everybody for uh, listening and watching too if you have enjoyed today's show well hopefully you can go tell your fellow product manager friends about about this episode and spread francois's good word here um uh, hopefully you'll tune in next time and thank you for listening and we'll see you